I'll wake up on Friday morning and I'll play basketball, right? I'll play basketball for an hour and a half. I'll come home and I'm shower and I'm washing my hair because it's sweaty, okay? Then I wake up on Friday, it's project day, right? So I could be building something in the hot sun and carrying lumber and I sweat. So you're going to night shower and shampoo at night, but did you shampoo in the morning? Yeah, after basketball, I shampoo. We might need a new hot take. This This hot take is getting... uh... (laughs) You don't want me to wash my hair after it's sweaty. Every you can wash your hair anytime it's sweaty. All right, pound. But We're I good. don't think We're but good. I don't Dennis think Friday. that's twice a day. No, it is a lot. I'm Less sweaty casually. ten times a okay, day. So today- and I do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit do better so together we can be a little better. Well, welcome to A Little Better. Welcome to week one of a brand new series. So sad I could not be here last week. Did you miss me? Please don't answer that question, but we will move on. (laughs) But today in the studio, especially if you're listening and not watching, um, Dr. Michelle Geringer is with us. And uh, this is the episode where Drew learned that Michelle is a doctor. I feel so. like that's an unfair assessment. Uh, doctor of audiology and life. I just you know, ask me know. what you need to know. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, I, I'll, yes. All right. Well, we should rein this in. Get to the task at hand, Drew. You kicked off a brand new series, Acts of the Church. Week number one of eight we'll be spending on this. And you kicked it off. Uh, why don't you remind us how you did that in 60 seconds? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about the church, it's important to understand what the church is. And so really we focused around this 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 concept that the church is God's witnesses, right? Jesus says in Acts 1-8, you are my witnesses. And so we talked about what we are witnessing of, right? We're witnesses of our need for a savior. We're witnesses of Christ's death and resurrection and the power of his, um, his story in our lives. And ultimately we led to the question where we say, man, are, how, how good of a witness are you? And are you an actual witness, right? Do you carry the gift God gave his church in the Holy Spirit? And so um, hopefully it was a good reminder and a powerful uh, chance for us to really kind of marinate on what kind of witness we are. Yeah, well, for me personally, it was challenging. I mentioned to you a couple of times, you were raising my blood pressure. And this happened, I, I think, in a good way, you know, as we've examined ourselves and tried to uh, reflect on this. Um, I want to ask a question. I didn't even mention it to you ahead of time, but just since this is week one of a series, whole big series, the book of Acts is 28 chapters long. I mean, it is huge, right? And there is so much that happens. How do you choose to, you know, come up with an eight-week focus? How do you choose... You know, what, what, how do you, you know, what goes on in terms of there's so many things you don't, co- won't, won't, won't be able to cover. How do you choose what you do and, and, and get here? Yeah, I mean, one, I don't choose in isolation. So I write with the team. Um, so you have minds around you and we, we discuss, we think, we plan. And um, sometimes we choose things and they don't end up actually being a part of it. As you write, it kind of fleshes it out and the mm-hmm. spirit of God leads you. So, uh, you know, I always try to be very sensitive to, you know, here we are, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in the next two weeks, right? As we write, we want to be sensitive to his leading as we prep and plan series. And so we, we listen to his voice, we, we talk and we, we just 
land. Sometimes even calendar helps figure that out, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the calendar, we try to plan series strategically. And so um, depending on how many weeks we have and where we feel like it's strategic, um, some of that plays into that. And so it's kind of a, a beautiful... Um, <laughs> a beautiful, beautiful symphony of a lot of different things clashing together that hopefully make a really powerful series. Yep. And uh, so I'm sure we'll be each of the eight weeks. You'll be an, asking what you left on the table, and there's a ton, <laughs> sure. ton left there. Were there any particular tensions this time around? Well, what's nice about the first week is we covered the first eight, nine verses of Acts. So <laughs> I didn't necessarily leave a ton on on the table. Mm -hmm. Just because, I mean, sure, we could have dived a little bit deeper into like the study of who Theopolis is or, you know, even talking more about, you know, the Greek word for witness and how deep that goes and who and how gave up their lives as martyrs, I think. But realistically, I think where we started, I felt like we, we, we covered what we needed to as we began the series. So I'm going to throw a question over to Michelle here. Um, so um, for you, uh, both just in your own individual walk with Christ and also the role you play on this staff. Uh, what do you think about what Drew did include and didn't include? Yeah, Michelle. I mean, can't wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Okay, so focusing on the Holy Spirit is absolutely critical for everything that we do. We can't, like if you think about the Pentecost, we, God asked the people of God to stay in a room and wait until they went out. They were not allowed to go out as witnesses until they had the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So we have to rely on the Holy Spirit for all the things we say and all the things that we do. And Drew definitely covered and talked about how we need to be sharing our faith. That's one of the main reasons that we're here. God gave us multiple different commandments. He gave us the great commandment to go out and make disciples. And then he... Um, uh, that's it, you know, and then the Great Commission, and then he gave us the Great Commandment, which is to love God and love people and mm. to take care of the poor and to love. And so I think that there's a lot of things that we do and a lot of things that we say, and those need to come from the depth of the wealth of the Holy Spirit inside of us, not just things that we are generating. And so I love this focus on the Holy Spirit for a few weeks and even just the way that the Holy Spirit guides and leads as we choose the songs that we sing and the programs that we run. I mean, all those things are they're strategic decisions but they're also led by God right it's mm. it's the Holy Spirit that leads us to to do what we want to do and we pray over all of the things that our church does and we we bathe those in prayer because we want them to be effective and without the Holy Spirit and without God's backing they're not ever going to be and so we rely and depend on that and so I love that I'm surprised because um it just clicked to me that something that I didn't include in, in this week's message that I, I, when I looked at you, it hit me and I was like, oh, she might say this. But I didn't really talk about like the idea of Judea, you know, Samaria, the other, you know, you lead our beyond team. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we didn't get a chance to go into like, okay, not only are we called to be witnesses to Rochester, but like we're called to be witnesses to the ends of the world, right? All mm -hmm. nations, go make disciples of all nations. And so that's one area that we didn't really get to hit a whole lot of, like we just talked about being a witness, not where you should be a witness to and the extent of how big that is. Yeah, yeah. And obviously God, God has 
has used the people of God to go and spread the gospel all over the world. There's mm -hmm. churches everywhere. Our Beyond Ministry is specifically really tailored to supporting local churches in other countries. So in yep. Central America, in Malawi, um, and even in Cambodia, just supporting local churches and pastors and helping them to get maybe Bible training that they've never had. And then how do they be effective witnesses to their communities? Um, and how do they help to reach the poor and to provide water and all these different all these different needs that people have and meeting those spiritual and physical needs yeah. at the same time. So that's that's obviously near and dear to my heart. But yeah, we have we have to do that here and we want to support people and pastors and leaders and the family of God abroad to do that well. And yeah. so it's it's really uh amazing the way that we're able to do that because of the faith of so many people that have gone before us and have followed the Great Commission, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's evident that that's been successful yep. because people on every continent all over the world know about the name of Jesus. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boy, my mind's reeling with so many things here. I mean, I love the emphasis both in your message on witness and the Holy Spirit. And Michelle, that was so helpful uh, to think about, you know, how this ties to, you know, before and the continuing, you know, arc of this. So, I mean, it's going to, we're going to start in Jerusalem, we're going to end in Rome. That's where the story of Acts goes. So it's very much that taking on the world, you know, coming to the capital. So thanks, thanks for the, that reminder and what you guys are doing um, on Beyond. Um, let's see, I had another question. Oh, yeah. Um, so you're trying in this message to define the church, and what do you think, and so we talked a lot about witness, um, and either of you, can you talk more about that, what it means to be witness? Also, um, what are the common misunderstandings of the church? Where do we go wrong? Where do, where do we put the emphasis on the wrong things? Doing the, what are the distractions? What are the misunderstandings? So I'll let you both go at that. I mean, I think the common misunderstanding of the church, especially in America, is it's so building-centric, mm -hmm. you know, because... All of the churches have buildings. But if you get outside of America, a lot of places you go, you realize that the church meets wherever it can. <laughs> you know, wherever safe sometimes. Underground, uh, in buildings, out in the open, right? And so, you know, we have this American westernized culture that can the church be a church without buildings, right? Yeah, it can. The church has nothing to do with buildings other than sometimes we gather in them, right? And so mm -hmm. ultimately that's what the word means. Like ecclesia is gathering of people, it's witnesses. Um, and so I think the biggest misconception that people struggle with is just getting outside of like, you know, beyond the walls, right? The church doesn't need walls. We should always be beyond our walls because we don't need walls. And so um, I think that's, probably the biggest like misconception yeah whether you're a church that meets in a big beautiful building or maybe you meet in a concrete building with no windows or under a tree or secretly in the forest I mean right. there's all these different kinds of gathering of the local church mm -hmm. I think that's super true I, I appreciate that Drew mm -hmm. um, and we try to like another thing we do just in that is like a church with nice buildings has to be a better church, right? Like we just, that's just kind of our American culture, right? It's our American dream, like infiltrating our theology. Um, and that's just not usually the case. Like it's just not. And so I think the best thing that we can do is just kind of like 
break away from that. Like when, this is why even in my own like verbiage, sometimes I say things that aren't accurate, right? That I I try to get away from, but they're so cultural. Things like, hey, isn't isn't it so good to be in God's house, right? Okay, so people take that and they're like, oh yeah, God's house, it's it's these buildings, these walls, right? No, no. Or like, hey, isn't it so good to be at church, but church isn't a location, right? So I've tried over, over time to change my verbiage to like, isn't it so good to be with the family? To be together. To be yeah. with the church, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the people of God. Yeah. I think, um, Brad, back to your question about our witness, I think about kind of the, there's, there's the piece about sharing about the about what Jesus did, who he is, and then there's this piece of living that out. And I think about the long game a lot, about the people that I've known for years and years and years, and they know what I believe and they believe differently. And I think for a lot of our witness is how we live and who we are and how how we act that out. And that's a mm-hmm. huge, huge piece of it. Um, and I think we also have to use our words. And I think there's a misconception that one of these things is better than the other. Some people live in different camps. You should do this. No, you should do this. And it has to be both. And we were talking with uh, Matt Stones and he said, yeah, you, you have to have both. It's like an airplane with only one wing if you don't do both of those things. Mm-hmm. And that's just a great like pit word picture of what we need to be and how, how we need to live it out. And especially for people who you've known for a long time, who you've been praying for and witnessing to, the things that you do, that matters a lot mm. to those people. And the way that you that you apologize and the humility that you have when you inevitably get it wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think James says it like beautifully, faith without works is dead, mm-hmm. right? And so we, like to flesh that out for people to understand, like what good is it for me to preach the gospel and not live it out, right? Who, who, who would want be attracted to that gospel. Right. But the beautifulness of, man, if you see the, like after Jesus left, what did the, what did the church do? They preached the gospel with their words and they backed up the gospel with their life, right? They took care of people who were neglected, forgotten, ostracized. They took care of widows. They loved people where they were at. And all of that, that action literally declared what they were preaching with their mouths. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about the actions of the early church that impressed you. Um, and maybe as well today too. I Don't mean, go too detailed because we're going to get there in the series. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, you can give a you can give okay. a sneak peek. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Brad's jumping like four weeks. I'm on this. sorry. That's, okay. No, that's good. He's excited. Yeah, He's I excited, excited about the yeah. Acts of the series. Church. I want to get yeah. to Acts twenty eight now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I think I think the way that they were strategic, the way that they organized, how mm-hmm. the church elders appointed deacons to take care of people. They saw that there were tensions. They saw that there were needs and they were intentional about Mm -hmm. the way that they met those needs. They didn't just say, oh, well, you know, we'll just kind of somebody, somebody fix it for now. No, they made a long-term plan Mm -hmm. and they put people into place to do that. And I think, um, I love that intentionality. I love the extreme ways that they were there to, to, to care for widows, to care for orphans, to care Mm -hmm. for babies that were abandoned, to care. Literally. I mean, it was common practice for babies to be discarded and they were, they were picked up by the church. 
Yeah. And the church was willing to take what other people didn't want and mm-hmm. found treasure in mm-hmm. those people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People moving towards plagues rather than away from them. There's just so many things that shocked you know, you know the, the earlier ones. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm no, giving you're, stuff you're away. Totally Spoilers. Totally Let's get back to uh, you know what we have here. So why do you think it's so? So we're talking about both words and deeds. You know, witnesses both. You know, our words and our acts. Uh, why is it so hard to be a witness? You know, why is it so terrifying to be a witness? Why? Why don't we do it any better than we do? I mean, I think we're distracted. Right. In our culture, it's so easy to be distracted. You know, I, that question really hit me hard is like, do I view the purpose of my life, you know, to mm-hmm. ultimately be a witness? Right. right. Like I, I it, sometimes I can I can literally be distracted by being a pastor, <laughs> you know, like so focused on being mm-hmm. a pastor that I'm not doing the things that I should like I should be doing, like sharing my faith. I think sometimes I live in a bubble a bubble of Christianity and it's hard to break out of that to be, I have to, I have to make intentional choices in my life to be around lost people. Mm -hmm. Right. I work at an, at a church. So everybody I work with knows Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I can't go to work and be like, Hey, let me witness to Michelle who needs, like, I can't. So I have to intentionally make choices to surround myself with people that I can share and live out the gospel for mm-hmm. them to see. Right. Um, and you know, I, I think it's just so many distractions out there. Michelle, you actually have an advantage over us because you function a couple days a week as a doctor of audiology, which means you do get to yeah. be outside the walls of our church. You do get to serve people in need and you get to work with people, again, outside you know, the walls of the church. I mean, any lessons learned there or just thoughts about you know, witness you know, in the world today? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we, we need all of these pieces of the body. We need to have pastors that care for the people of God and we need to have the people of God out and about mm-hmm. interacting in the world sharing their faith living out their faith and and things opportunities they do come up especially if you're praying for them if you're in touch with the holy spirit if you're if you're intentional about thinking about ways that you can that you can share your faith or just live a a life that is pleasing and glorifying to god opportunities to share, I think they do come mm-hmm. up. Um, and the way that you interact and honor people and show dignity to people in all those small moments mm-hmm. really, really matters when the moment to say something comes up. Because mm-hmm. you can't be talking about Jesus every single day at yeah, your job. Sure. I mean, people have a work to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that they they as you get to know people and befriend them and become colleagues and you, you get an opportunity to share what it is that you believe the God that you know. And, Mm. and I think that that's, I think that that's where the, where the, uh, the goodness of the opportunity comes from being able to work and live and operate in your neighborhood, at your job, in your school, in your apartment building. I mean, wherever it is that you are, there's people around you. Um, Mm. and, and you just get the chance to love on them Mm -hmm. and God loves us into the, his kingdom. He doesn't convince us in Mm -hmm. and the Holy spirit draws us. So pray for the spirit to draw your people that you're 
around and then love on them and and you get to see God work. And it's not our job to do that. God does the work. That's right. Yeah, it's well said. And I think, like you said, sometimes the first glimpse that people get of the gospel is your actions before you ever get to share the words of the gospel. Um, Because you, you, uh, you have a part of your workplace is outside and I'm going to put you on the spot. Sorry about this, but like, okay, if you think about the times in your ideology job, I don't even know if I said that right. Did I, Audi- 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 Did I say Audi? Not <laughs> odd. Uh, whatever. Anyway, here we go. You're a doctor. I, I'm not, obviously. Um, <laughs> the times, the seasons where you feel like you weren't a great witness. What, what, what were the things that maybe you felt that kept you from being a good witness? I think, I think busyness. It's really hard to connect with people when... You just, it's either a busy season physically at our workplace. Mm-hmm. Like there are just times when we are slammed yeah. and I just don't even barely have time to take care of my patients, let alone to like really connect with coworkers mm. or, or I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, and one of the things that I've done for years now is in between every single patient, I will do a 10 to 15 second prayer. Mm. And just cool. to reset my heart, to reset, hey, I'm, I'm going to serve this next person to the best of my ability. Holy Spirit, be with me. Mm. And so I see like 10 people a day and I, and I pray before each one. And if I don't do that for a day, my, my spirit brings with me the stress of other things mm. outside of work or inside of work to that person. And so if I'm able to pray before each person, I'm just a little bit better. I'm a little bit more present for them and what they need. Um, and I think that that resetting of my own heart makes a difference in how I'm able to be a witness. Hmm. I think that's incredible. I think it just wraps so many elements of the prayer, the Holy Spirit, the witness. Thanks, Michelle. And I hope that's an encouragement to all of you out there that Drew and I are saying as I'm, I'm doing air quotes here, professional Christians, you know, you are the church, all of you out there and you, you're in the place you're in, you're in the job you're in, you're in the neighborhood you're in to be a witness and you are all able to reach others for Christ in a way we we never can. We're trying to do it with our own neighborhoods, with the opportunities we have, but God yeah. has given you so many opportunities. I hope you're encouraged to be a witness. Yeah, yeah. that is so true too, because and you know, it's it's great if you've got like if you just leave a staff meeting and we're talking about the Bible or praying together, it's like, oh yeah, I'm feeling high on faith. But then if you have an appointment and somebody's really mad at you, yeah. and then you try to walk into the next one and they're like they're like really also really upset. And then you come into the next one. It's like, how do you got to try to, I'm trying to keep an even keel here and I'm just feeling overwhelmed and I have all this frustration and those are natural emotions. And I think, uh, it's, it can be really, really difficult to then be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be a witness. No, I'm sure to survive my day. You know, like I can't even, I can't even do this Lord. And yeah. so I think we have to tap into the Holy spirit. Yes. God never yes. intended us to do it without him. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, we pay the price, we feel it. And I, so I would, yeah, yeah. I would, super encourage people I've been telling people in community group for a couple years now that that's and if I do it I'm in good shape and if I don't I suffer the consequences I am feeling it all day long stress I love that that's like simple application but it's powerful like a 15 second prayer like that's literally what it's you all are the time saying. I have that's all yeah. you need yeah. right and like Anybody listening, right? We all have meetings, whether you you want to have patients, but you have meetings with clients, you have 
how simple, but yeah, how powerful can a 15 second prayer literally reorient your heart? Remind you, it's about you. The purpose of your life is your witness. Like, right? here to glorify you, God. Not sure if I'm doing it. Yeah, okay, here yeah. we go to the next one. I mean, and maybe like, sometimes that prayer is yeah, like, God, yeah. sorry, I blew it. Help me in the next one, yeah, right? You know, yeah. like, that guy was mad and I, I was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> or like, thank you for better. that sweet spirit that just made my day a little bit brighter. Yes. And then like, on to the next. Yep. Yep. Uh, wow, that's an incredible challenge. So practical. Love having you guys here. Um, looking forward to what's around the corner. We got a lot more of Acts to cover in the next seven weeks. So please come on back next week for week two of Acts of the Church. 